Plus in English, Q&A with Rabbi Shalom Arishlita. We're happy to have you here, all our wonderful viewers and all our listeners. And without further ado, we're going to pass the microphone to the Rabbi. For the Rabbi Hello. Welcome to everyone. Thank you, Hashem. Hashem Shano. Thank you, Hashem, that we merit to meet every single week. No translation. <laughs> Since now is Tubi Shvat. <laughs> I hope that everyone knows, but it is customary for the whole family to sit together and to make the blessings on fruits, especially fruits that come from Eretz Yisroel. In our family, our custom is, after every single fruit that we eat, we say one of the chapters in Tehillim of Shira Ma'alot, where we praise Hashem for what we have. We also pray to have a nice esrog for the festival of Sukkot, which is going to be in eight months' time. We also pray for all the fruit to be healthy and well and juicy. And this is a whole thing that we're praying and thanking Hashem for everything that He has given us. <coughs> yes. <laughs> <coughs> There are many customs, <laughs> except for praying for also for after every fruit that we eat, we pray and we thank Hashem for that fruit. There's also a custom where you take a note, you write on it something and you hang it on a fruit tree. There are many customs about this special day to Bishvat. Have a happy Tu <laughs> We're now coming up to this week's segment, the Pasha of Yitro. Where in this week's segment, we read that Am Yisrael received the Torah from Hashem. Yitro uh, <coughs> Yitro is an example of an exceptional and very special convert, a real convert. Our sages tell us that when Yitro said, I now know that Hashem is the greatest God, 
The reason was because Yitro tried and practiced all the different cults and all the different religions that existed in those times. And after he went through all of those religions, when he met Yiddishkeit, when he met Judaism, then he says, now I know that this is the one true religion. I was asked if Yitro practiced all these different religions and he defiled himself with all these impure things, how could he have been accepted into Judaism? And I explained to him that's not true. Yitro was a person who seeked the truth. He went to seek the truth. And when he was told this foreign religion could be sufficing, could be good enough for you, could give you the answers, he went there. And then when he was told, worship this piece of string, he said, nonsense. Worship this piece of tree. He said, nonsense. Yitro was seeking the truth. And when he realized that what he was practicing was nonsense, he immediately left it and ignored all these different foreign religions who were not true whatsoever. <laughs> Yitro, when he came to meet his son-in-law, he brought Moshe Rabbeinu's wife, which was Yitro's daughter, and her two sons, his grandsons. Our sages ask, it's written that Moshe Rabbeinu took his wife Tzipora and his two sons, he took them into Egypt. So how could Yitro, his father-in-law, bring them when they met in the desert of Sinai? And they answer that true, Moshe Rabbeinu did indeed take his wife and his two sons. But when he met his older brother Aaron, Aaron asked him, who are these? And Moshe Rabbeinu said to him, this is my wife and my two sons. So his older brother asked him, and where are you taking them? Moshe answered him, I'm taking them to Egypt. His older brother Aaron said to him, what? We are sorry for the ones who were, in, who were in Egypt, for those who were enslaved by the Egyptians, and you're bringing more people to be enslaved by them? Moshe Rabbeinu thought about it and said to his older brother Aaron, indeed you're right. And he turned to his wife and he told her, please, take your two sons, go back to your father in the land of Midian and wait for me there. And indeed, only after the exodus, after they left Egypt, only then did Yitro bring back Moshe Rabbeinu's wife Tzipora and his two sons. <laughs> we 
We wanted to speak a bit about this week's segment because it is so much that we can speak about this week's segment, the segment where Am Yisrael received the Torah from Hashem. Hashem granted me Hashem granted me to truly learn and to understand something that I'd like to teach you how a person can have a true and a real connection to Hashem, blessed be his name. Our Rabbi Rabbi Nachman brings in the book Likutei Moharan in segment 64 that Hashem, blessed be his name, because of his mercy he created the world. Because he wanted to reveal his mercy. And if the world was not created, if the world would not have been created, how would Hashem have revealed and shown His mercy? Rabbi Nachman keeps elaborating and explaining this whole concept. But here there is an unbelievable, wonderful revelation about the creation of the world. We human beings, when we do something, we do it because we have a need, a necessity in doing what we do. We could have thought, heavens forbid, that the Creator Himself, He also has a need because He wanted to create the world. <laughs> he wanted to receive something from us, heavens forbid. <laughs> heavens forbid. Rabbi Nachman reveals to us that the Creator does not need us for anything. He doesn't need us to receive something from us, heavens forbid. The Creator has the virtue of mercy. If they won't be creations, who will Hashem have mercy on? And therefore, he created this world. He created all creations so that he should have someone to have mercy on. That is a point of connection. A true connection between the creation and between his creator. Everyone knows. 
that the Creator created me in order to have mercy on me. So we understand that everything the Creator did, indeed everything the Creator did, is in order to have mercy on His creations. And also, He gave us the Torah and the commandments only to have mercy on us. Because the Torah and the commandments are an incredible gift, an infinite gift, an infinite shining light that Hashem has given us giving us the Torah and the commandments. So I learned from this simply creator of the world you created me in order to have mercy on me. That is your main will through which you created me. So certainly give me strength to keep all the commandments you gave us because I know that all the commandments are an incredible mercy that you've bestowed upon us. So give me the strength to keep all of your wonderful commandments. Give me the strength to overcome my dark side. That I shall be able to conquer him and the dark side will not be able to prevent me from doing your will. In general, that is already the point and the direction of prayer. As long as everything is going well, as everything is going as planned, you keep praying to become closer and closer to Hashem, to His Torah, to His commandments. But when a person has lackings and trials and agonies, now we are going to learn the intellect and wisdom of prayer. When a person has something lacking,
שיש לו עוון וסורקים, אין סורקים ללא עוון. The simple and straight explanation is that when a person is lacking something or when he has agony that means that he has sinned something he has done which is not correct and therefore he has a certain lacking or a certain agony. <laughs> So a person needs to say, Creator, you created me in order to have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Allow me to mend the sin that because of that sin, I have agony and hardship. Allow me to understand what I need to mend and give me the strength to mend all the things that have caused all the agony and hardship that I am suffering because of what I have done. The Creator is called mercy. And prayer is also called mercy. All the things that a person is lacking, it's because he is lacking in prayer. This is a rule. This is what Rabbi Natan said. Everything that a person is lacking, it's either because he didn't pray for it at all, or because he prayed for it too little. So a person needs to ask the Creator, You created me in order to have mercy on me. Have mercy on me and allow me to pray to you. I understood. That a person can pray and when he is able to pray, that means that he has mercy bestowed upon him in a practical manner. Why can't a person pray? The implication is that he is far away, he is distant from Hashem's mercy. And therefore, the main thing is to ask him to request, have mercy on me. Allow me to pray to you. Allow me to pray a lot. For every single thing that I need. Have mercy on me. For this you created me. Have mercy on me and allow me to pray and to pray and to pray until you complete everything that I am lacking. We said this, we learned this, that Hashem's mercy, that is the source and the root of all of the creation. So have mercy on me. So have mercy on me. 
לפני הבריאה, ששם אין שום דינים, שם הכל רחמים. Because when a person realizes and reaches the stage of mercy, he reaches the point which was before the creation where there was no judgment and there was only the mercy of Hashem. The implication is, is that when a person real reaches this level of Hashem's mercy, He reaches such a high place that is able to work miracles and salvations even though he doesn't deserve because he reaches a place where there's no judgment where there's only pure mercy Therefore, the Holy Rebbe wrote in his book, Likutei Moharan, that it bodedut is a greater and higher virtue than anything else. Everyone has to have an hour in which he speaks to Hashem on his own. And the Rebbe writes, a person must be alone and speak to Hashem either in a room or go out to the field. Rabbi Nachman speaks first of all about being in a room and only then about going to the field. Therefore, we learn from this that a person can do Hitbodidus in any single place. In his porch. In on the roof, Bagina, in his garden, <laughs> on the beach, <laughs> in his car. Uh, <laughs> There was a person who didn't have any room to do his boy didus and to speak to Hashem in his house. So do you know what he did? Once upon a time, there used to be a telephone booth. He went into the telephone booth, took the telephone, put it to his ear, and for a whole hour, he was speaking to Hashem in the booth. <laughs> in the field, anywhere. You can do your Isboidus. Isman. Call Isman. And the time, <laughs> any time during the day. Any hour that you can speak to the Creator, speak to Him. And speak in the language you're accustomed to and used to. You're an English speaker, so speak to Hashem in your hit boy in English. Mm-hmm. 
And the Rebbe writes, why? Because we want you to be able to pour out your heart easily to Hashem. And when you control and master language, it's easy for you using that language to pour your heart out to Hashem. And in the Itbodadut, you can sit down, you can stand up, you can walk, you can lie down. Before you do your Itbodadut, eat, drink, be full. <laughs> you can be in a hot place during the winter, in a cold place during the summer. There are no rules whatsoever. <laughs> All the comforts possible. <laughs> Just be free from all the limitations and speak to the Creator. And the Rebbe writes that this thing is something that is equal to everyone, whether big or whether small. When we speak about someone big, we're not only speaking about someone who's an older person or younger person, but even a person who is greater in his deeds or someone who is small in his deeds, everyone needs to do his poetus. Because every single one can accept upon themselves this custom. And through that, they shall reach the great virtue. And now that I explained this wonderful point of knowledge of wisdom that Hashem created you to have mercy on you, it's easy to do his bodhidus and to speak to Hashem and say to him, Hashem, you created me to have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Allow me to do your will. Bring me closer to you. Prayer becomes easy. Well, I didn't give you any time for questions. So... We're going to ask a few questions. We actually have here a few questions, which regard is bodied with. The first question, can also a woman go do her his bodedus in the field? If a husband takes her to the field, like I take my wife or my daughters, and I stand nearby, I take them during the day, where there are other people around and there's no suspicion, yes, she can go, but why should she go to the field? She can go and do his bodhidus in the attic, in a room, in her garden. 
אישה לבד, בוודאי לא יכולה ללכת, וגם מהבעלה, במקום שהיא ממש מבודדת, יכולים להכשיר חשודו בהם, שלא יודעים שבעלה זה. אז הולכים, לא הולכים. רק אמרתי, בין כה הולכים עוד אנשים וזה. <laughs> a woman alone, even with her husband, should not go to a secluded place because people might have suspicions. People don't know that they're a married couple. That's why I said that when they go to the field, they should go to a place where there are other people, where there's no suspicion. <laughs> Therefore, a woman should do her hisboidedus at home. If she has a big garden, she should do the spiders in the garden. The second question about his boy deduce. Can a woman do her his boy deduce while she is doing her house chores, like washing the dishes or folding the laundry? Can a woman do her his boy deduce while she is doing her house chores, like <laughs> we do his boy dedus all day long I drive I do his boy dedus I walk I do his boy dedus I tidy the house I do his boy dedus but that is an addition But the hour of his boy dedus that the Rebbe commanded us to do you go to any place where like we said without any phone and you do an hour the way you should there are some other questions here which are not regarding necessarily as boy dedus So we're going to ask the other questions. There's a question here about livelihood. Can a person ask, or is he allowed to, to be a very rich person? Every single person who was created by the Creator, he has his own special mission. <laughs> they're those who without praying and without asking they become very rich because that's their mission their mission is to give charity their mission is to increase the Torah world <laughs> we saw great righteous people she I am tough that they had a mission they had a role to provide for other people and they were not rich like for example everyone goes and travels to the righteous person <laughs> Rabbi Shaya from Christian Hungary <laughs> and he was not rich at all yet he provided for all the people <laughs> but he had such an intense will to provide and to <laughs> give others <laughs> so Hashem gave him <laughs> he was not rich <laughs> I 
מה אני באתי לעולם, מה לעשות? One needs to ask oneself, what did I come to this world to do? What is my soul supposed to do? What is my soul's mission? Many heads of Torah institutions They provided for hundreds and thousands of students. They helped them with everything, but they themselves were not rich. Their will was to build students. They felt that this was their mission. And Hashem gave them all the conditions. And all the powers and all the things they needed to fulfill their mission. That's why this question doesn't even begin. This is a question that's out of place. A person needs to ask, how do I know what my mission is? That is a question. Certainly any mission that that is his purpose in life, Hashem will give him all the conditions and all the powers to, to, to fulfill his mission. They tell a joke. <laughs> A person prayed to have great riches in order to have his mind settled to learn Torah. <laughs> Hashem said to him, I have thousands, tens of thousands of people who learn Torah for a thousand shekel a month. I don't need you. That's a joke. Well, we now have another, another question that's going to come in live. I'm going to ask the studio. It's a broadcast for the earpiece. Thank you so much for all your amazing books and your chizuk. And we see so much how much Hashem loves us and wants to send us a Yeshua and wants to connect with us. We really appreciate everything. I wanted to ask you, when you see a family member suffering, when you see a child suffering or a relative suffering, how do we apply this principle of thanking Hashem for everything? Since we can't thank Hashem for somebody else's suffering, what could we do to help bring How can we ask for someone else who's suffering? How can we bring that other person salvation through us thanking? A person has to thank Hashem for his own hardship and agony. There's no reality that a person thanks Hashem for someone else suffering. There's no reality. When another person is suffering, you need to pray for him and help him. Do everything in your power to help him. But, But if, for example, a person's wife is suffering, or a wife, a husband is suffering, 
And you yourself have great agony. You yourself are suffering because your spouse is suffering. Then you're supposed to say, thank you, Hashem, for the suffering, for the agony and hardship that I have. Because my wife is suffering. After all, a person thanks only for his own suffering, only for his own hardship. But if he is not suffering, or even if he is suffering, but the other person is really suffering, you need to do everything in your power to pray for him, to help him, to help the other person who's suffering. Oh, that's very good. We have now questions also from, from people who are listening to us. And we have now another question that's going to come in on the earpiece. My question to the, the Rabbi Shalom Arus is about the how to engage the, should be the new, gen, new generation to close to God. איך הרב מקרבים הרב את הדור החדש להשם יתברך לבורא? מה צעדים בזמן הזה שאנחנו משכנעים אחרים כדי להתקרב לדרך הנכונה? What is the way we're supposed to do with this new generation to bring people closer to Hashem? What are the steps we should take? We are always meriting to bring more and more people to come closer to Hashem. On a daily basis. My students go to all places. With booklets. With books. And they teach people and speak to them. Persuade them to learn the booklets. To learn the books. And they succeed in the meantime to speak to them. On a daily basis. My students meet on a daily basis, literally thousands of people. Thank Hashem. They go to hospitals. They go to the Kotel, to the Western Wall. They go to jails. They go to houses and knock on the doors, etc. If you read a booklet, like the new booklet, True Happiness, learn it. Buy a quantity of those booklets. And speak to people about the booklets. Give them the booklets. Give them. You learn true happiness. Give it to others also. The book, The Garden of Emunah. Anyone who learns that book, he becomes healthy in his mind. All mental ailments come because of problems with Emuna. So I'm happy that this question was asked. 
כולם, לא, 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 לא כלומר, לא מעשיס, כולם. כאילו, כל הספרים נקנו חוברות, כל הסודים, ולמדו, ויפיצו, וככה. And the answer is that everyone should buy the books and the booklets, read them, learn them, and distribute them to others. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.